Hello and welcome everyone to a very special edition of A Day in the Life of Celebrating International Women's Day. Today I have with me two incredible women from Ankara Cyber and Privacy Practice, Holly Shepherd and Tanya Gross. So first and foremost, Holly, hello. Can you give us a quick intro? Hi, thanks Lewis. Um, yeah, so I'm Holly. I graduated in 2020 with a, gr- a degree in uh, cybersecurity, computer forensics and business from Kingston. And between my second and third year, I joined Ankara as an intern for a summer placement and then uh, went back to uni, finished my final year and then joined as a graduate in the cyber team in September 2020. Brilliant. Thanks, Holly. Nice to have you aboard. And Tanya, can you give us a bit of your background? Hi there. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's lovely to be on this podcast this, this afternoon. Um, yeah, I'm one of the senior managing directors within the cyber and privacy practice. I've been in the world of cyber and privacy for the past four years, but my my role's much broader in the data and technology field. So I kind of moved through um, e-discovery and digital forensics and then moved into cyber. So really excited today to be talking about um, my my role, my career, and, and how I've kind of got to where I've got to, um, and also more encouraging women to get into cyber because Cyber is something that's very um, smoke and mirrors, should I say. Um, People think they haven't got the skill set, but actually there's lots of things that are important to bring uh, bring to the table. Um, And that's kind of being very organised. Also being technical is not necessarily the the, the answer for everything, Um, being a good project manager. So hopefully we can start exploring those things as we move through the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you both for that. And I know from my perspective, I'm sort of privileged to be here with you both today. So thank you for, for finding time. So I guess, firstly, Holly, I want to sort of come to you and uh, I guess ask you what you know what you do at Ankara. And, and if you can, can you talk me through um, a recent engagement with one of our clients? Yeah, sure. So um, my kind of role in the cyber team is that I work primarily in instant response. So that's kind of helping clients get through cyber incidents and conducting forensic analysis to figure out the root cause of the incident and kind of piece the puzzle together. Um, and a good example of like a recent engagement um, was probably uh, one of our clients who were hit by ransomware. Their business was knocked offline and they were losing lots of money every day um, and they required our assistance on site. So we made our way to them and um, when we got there, we had lots of discussions about, you know, what we could do to help and, you know, where we could start. Um, and in this particular case, the ransomware variant that they were hit with was relatively new so there was not really like a lot known about it um, and that made our initial research even more interesting but also slightly more challenging too and we carried out root cause analysis to try and figure out what happened and how the incident occurred and we actually managed to to figure that out and it was the result of a a user receiving a phishing email um, and they opened the phishing email it had a a document attached which was um, an excel document so the user opened it, enabled the macros, which ultimately led to the deployment of malware on that device. And then from there, the malware spread and deployed ransomware across their environment. So yeah, um, across the whole incident, uh, we helped them with various things. We carried out like threat intelligence research to figure out if the threat actor you know, leaking data or anything like that. Um, then yeah, obviously the root cause analysis to find patient zero, which, which we did. Um, and then we also assisted them with remediation and uh, endpoint monitoring uh, with with their like rebuilt systems. Um, so 
So just to make sure that there was nothing dodgy going on or nothing suspicious with the the new systems that they'd rebuilt since the incident. Yeah, it took them them quite a while to get back online. But yeah, it was a very interesting case for us. So it sounds like you've worked sort of like over a number of different areas there in terms of that engagement. Um, So what I guess, what are some of the key things you've learned since you sort of started at Ankura? So much. Uh, I've learned, you know, more than I could have imagined. But um, endpoint monitoring with a endpoint detection and response tool, like, you know, I've learned how to use use that and kind of deal with uh, alerts and things from that. Obviously, the root cause analysis, um, learn how to analyze different forensic artifacts um, and how to kind of put things together in a timeline to figure out, you know, like what led to, to something else happening. Yeah, that, that's great, Holly. Thank you for that. And I guess, sort of come over to you now, Tanya, and I know obviously you work across sort of multiple engagements in, in your role at Ankara, but I was wondering if there was a sort of, a, you know, a hot topic or a growing area which you, you know, wanted to particularly talk about today. Yeah, no, thank you, Lewis. I mean, I've been incredibly lucky to get a chance to support a range of matters at Ankara. I mean, I've been here a long time. Um, I've got a range of experience in terms of investigations and data. Um, so, I, you know, it's, it's good to be sharing some things more broadly with you. So in recent years, I've had the opportunity to support cyber investigations. And some of the key trends I've seen is the management of data is a real problem. Um, In a cyber breach scenario, more and more data is getting stolen and posted on the dark web by bad actors. And more often than not, it's data that's old, it's out of date, it's redundant, that should have been archived or deleted. And companies need to get a better handle of the risk it exposes them to, you know, legal risk, regulatory risk, reputational damage. And so it's really, really important that you know, they get better controls, better kind of security around the perimeter of the environment, but also thinking about the data as as a whole. And so this has driven the need for greater data governance. Um, But this concept is relatively new to many organisations. I mean, Lewis, you're a specialist in this area, and you probably can talk more than I can about this. But (laughs) (laughs) something that actually companies are going to have to get better equipped to understand. And and many um, organisations don't don't even have a chief information security officer. So like the CISO, for instance, or a chief data officer or a privacy officer, mm-hmm. you know, looking at small to medium enterprises. So, you know, someone needs to own the, the concept of data being an asset for organizations. So effectively, you know, getting a better handle, seeing data is actually the most important asset like other assets within your company um, will drive the change. But it's certainly an area that we're starting to do more work in, um, using our people um, to support the technology that can help understand what data exists and help with the compliance process around removing that redundant, obsolete, trivial data and actually making sure that the organisation has the data that it needs um, so they don't have that level of exposure and risk. And I think just to add to that, you know, we see consistently that an information security uh, manager or or a CISO will be able to go to a board and ask for, you know, large budgets to put up, you know, endpoint monitoring and lots of security. However, there is not the same commitment of resources to cleaning up that redundant, obsolete, trivial data, which, you know, that is where the the resources should be being put to sort of de-risk them as an organisation. But no, that was... Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say, actually, because it was kind of more of a conversation, but one of the things that Holly was talking about when she went on site, which is amazing because we deplore people on on site to, to help people with their cyber incidents, was the fact that in those scenarios, the, the company's in a fraught 
situation um you know effectively it's like the fire is uh, it, the, the the house caught fire and all they need is help so holly you going on site to support the company with um, with that cyber incident gave them the comfort to understand that actually the experts are in they're going to help us alleviate this this challenge that we have and, and get us to a state stage where we're, we've got our environment um in a better place than it was so it was a really was a really good opportunity. I mean, it's brilliant that we got you on site as well, given the fact you're one of the associates in the team and you got the exposure. So we're all about making sure our team get that experience. So, and it's wonderful. Absolutely. I guess sort of coming on from that, Tanya, um, I was wondering if you could talk me through some of the the changes you've seen throughout your career uh, and potentially some advice for other women, you know, like Holly and others who may be you know, wanting to get into tech or just starting out in a sort of tech and cyberspace. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a really difficult question. I want to talk about changes in my career. I mean, things have moved on such a great deal um, over the years. I mean, I, I've been doing... Um, well, I've been in the, the field of kind of consulting professional services for the past 20 years. Um, I started quite young. Um, and actually, I was in IT. Um, so, so I got the opportunity to really learn about um, operating systems and hardware um, and used to kind of go to people's desks and fix their computers when they had an issue. Really at the cold so, face. <laughs> at the cold face. I mean, you know, the, the, I would describe it as not, people wouldn't do this now, but I was getting under desks and pulling out cables and plugging in Ethernet cables to reseat, you know, problems with people's networking. I mean, and, I, and my, my career dates back to when, you know, Novell was a client to use for secure authentication on, on Windows. So it's, it's, it's moved on an incredible amount. Um, and you know ultimately you know things have moved on and and, you know you get you get exposure to to other things so I moved into the world of forensic technology when I was 25 and the idea of supporting computer forensic investigations was really exciting I think a colleague of mine from IT had moved into the team and just said how amazing it was at supporting investigations and uncovering artifacts. Um, And one of the first projects I worked on was restoring backup tapes for a fraud investigation where thousands or hundreds of thousand pounds had been effectively stolen within the organisation by an individual. And oddly enough, that 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 piece of work was back in 2006 so you're looking at 16 years ago and I'm still in going to be called as potentially a witness because the individual was um yeah extradited (laughs) it's going to be extradited back to the UK so my witness statement that I wrote effectively I need to attest that um in in, in court so um yeah these things don't go away but that was that was really really good fun um and it, it, it opened my eyes to what it actually meant by helping you know an investigation what 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 you can do um through you know the the processing and preparation of data um for evidence so um i i was lucky enough to to get exposure to a broad range of you know doing the um, computer forensics but also supporting the discovery element um, which was which was really great and then I realized I had a, a, a good knack for kind of supporting clients and explaining things in terms that they understood so non-tech 
tech speak. Yeah, which is um, more difficult than it sounds. <laughs> yeah, and all kind of under, uh, helping them understand what, what it really means. And um, I've always had really good feedback on the basis that I can bring to life the scenario of what, what you're trying to achieve, but also give them some good guidance and structure. And so I suppose, what you know, ultimately what I've done is I've had to reinvent myself every couple of years. You know, I, you, 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 you don't appreciate that you could go quite stale. It's about having the aptitude to, if you're working in a fast-paced mm-hmm. environment, data, data, technology, the industry, it's constantly changing. So you need to be ahead of that. So it's important to kind of start thinking about, you know, what you can do to get yourself better equipped with understanding um, about information. Yeah, and as you get continuous learning as well, like you, yeah. you, you, you are never at the point where you've learned everything and new things will come on yeah, online, I guess, sort of every, every year. So yeah, yeah. the ability to, to continue to upskill is, I guess, is paramount. Yeah, absolutely. And as you get to, oh, I can explain it, the dizzier heights of in leadership, you need to be prepared to step to one side and let other people have their time to shine. Um, that's quite a difficult thing to do, but it's important that you bring other people along with you. So there's a place for everyone um, to kind of fit in and and an acceptance overall is a, a very big gift. Around I think that. that's what being a good leader is, isn't it? Being able to bring through other individuals. So it's not just, you know, you as an individual, it's a, a practice of mm-hmm. being able to build out that practice. But yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that was, that, was a, that was a really great answer, Tanya. So, so thank you. But I, I guess, Holly, I want to sort of, I guess, ask you a very similar question and I appreciate, you know, the, you are at you know the outset of your career, but I was just wondering what initially attracted you to, you know, the cyber profession and if there was any advice again that you'd give for other you know women or girls who are thinking about a career in this field yeah sure so I guess I kind of fell into it I always had a bit of an interest in IT at school and um, I was a bit lost before I went to university so I decided to do a foundation year in computing technology and maths to try and figure out you know what I wanted to do and also to get the grades to actually do an undergrad degree and on that course, I had a cybersecurity module, which kind of sparked my interest. Um, and then after I finished that year, I decided that I wanted to take on a challenge, which for me was moving university to study cybersecurity. I didn't really have any technical knowledge. So, you know, I knew it was going to be a challenge. I knew it was going to be difficult and quite far out of my comfort zone at the time. I struggled, but it was it was worth it in the end. And, you know, I enjoyed all of it. Yeah, and I guess my advice to anyone thinking about a career in cyber would probably be to just keep chipping away and you'll eventually get there. All the little steps add up. So for me, like I knew I didn't really have the same technical abilities as a lot of my classmates when I was at university. So I did lots of other little things to kind of boost me in a way. Um, So like I taught on uh, I taught children how to code, uh, like code camps during the Easter oh, holidays wow. and things like that, yeah. um, just to kind of build up like my skills and yeah. like things that I could use to showcase that. So, yeah, I would say just keep stacking up the small things, anything that you can use to showcase your skills. I was just going to chime in because I think in terms of answering the question as a whole, I mean, I think it's important just to touch on what Holly's been saying is not to be scared and go after what you want and you know find you know a great advocate to support you and and don't don't worry about not being skilled enough not being technical enough not being senior enough all those things come through exposure to the projects that you work on 
the, the most important thing for me is having the right level of enthusiasm to learn and be molded mm. and the right type of, you know, people that can give you the opportunity. And I think also trust is very important. You need to trust yourself because you play the biggest part. No one's going to look out for you apart from you. And if you don't believe in yourself, you'll have a really tough battle ahead. So I think it's um, it's important. Uh, just to add to that as well, Tanya, I think as sort of Holly alluded to there, people assume that you need to be the most technical person in the room. And that's not always the case, you know, particularly with us in, in the consulting field. Yes, we need to understand, um, you know, the, the technical and the, be that subject matter expertise, but we also need those other skills, the softer skills, the relationship building, um, the ability to work in the team. And these things aren't, you know, technical things that you learn, you know, at university or, or, or by coding, for example, these are things that you learn from being in that consulting environment. So I think, yeah, that's a, a really interesting point as well. So Tanya, I, yeah, I was wondering if you can talk me through how we usually get instructed to work on these types of engagements, who are typically the individuals concerned at our clients and how we brought on board? Yeah, no, we typically get instructed when there's a react, reactive event that's happened. So um, it, it might be a cyber incident where companies have an insurance policy and they trigger a policy when they have a requirement for forensic support. Or it could be, you know, that there's a need, there's a dispute that's happened and, and we're instructed um, to support that dispute and gather the data and, and process that data and host it on a hosted platform. Um, the, the great thing is from a cyber perspective, we sit on a number of insurance panels um, and have the opportunity to support a broad range of incidents, um, some from business email compromise to on inside inside a threat. Um, theft of personal information due to a data breach. So there's lots of ways that we can kind of get instructed. We typically have really good relationships or over the time we've, we've developed very strong relationships with, with law firms and um, and also brokers. Um, so they kind of come to us as experts to support kind of reactive event-driven scenarios from a cyber perspective. We can kind of get involved in fraud investigations where you need to trace um, what's happened to the money um, using kind of our analytics capability. So we bring together both structured and unstructured data to bring to life the chain of events. Um, we've got some very skilled professionals in our team that are able to take data from accounting systems and transform it into information that makes sense um, when you're kind of conducting that type of investigation. I've worked on some really interesting cases. One specific one was last year that related to a compromise of an Oracle database where transactions to specific accounts were inflated and money was stolen. This is due to the lack of security controls and we had to validate what the actual bank um, did, which was mm -hmm. really interesting. I think also quite topical at the moment is the um, idea of sanctions and kind of performing a look back on data um, that perhaps an organisation has in their possession and making sure that that information um, is, is correct. Um, so, I mean, there's just lots of different ways. I mean, and being in a data and technology team, it's about having um, the right expertise and bringing the right individuals to to the problem that, that that's the challenge. And I suppose I've talked a lot about the reactive side, but we also get instructed for um, the proactive advisory side of things where maybe we will support, you know, a cyber risk maturity assessment on an organization and understanding, you know, if they've got the right um, controls in place. 
Yeah, and that's where we can leverage those relationships with law firms, brokers, et cetera, to support their clients when it's not related to a breach. And that's where we really want to be going in and supporting them so that, uh, you know, when they are breached, you know, inevitably the, uh, the, the risk and the, and the loss, uh, loss of data, et cetera, is much, much lessened. Brilliant. So thank you, Holly and Tanya. I really, really appreciate you you finding time to speak to me today and I hope you enjoyed it too so that's it for this episode of Ankara's Day in the Life of for International Women's Day Uh, and as always if you have any questions feedback or something you'd like to hear more about on the podcast then please do get in touch via LinkedIn or via the Ankara website and we will do our best to include it in all the future episodes thanks